Hello, and welcome to 9 Equals 8, a Rays baseball podcast. Today is a very special day. It's also a very exciting day for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, this is our first official podcast. This is the first time uh, that we will be talking Tampa Bay Rays baseball on 9 Equals 8, and that's just awesome to me. I think that's fantastic. I'd really like to thank you for tuning in, for joining with us in this moment, so we appreciate that. But the real reason you're here isn't me. It's the Tampa Bay Rays and baseball season. Starting tomorrow, right today as you're probably listening, we have 4,860 games of regular season play, followed by any other play-in games, followed by the playoffs, meaning we're going to go well into October before we have to go a day without thinking about baseball. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty great to me. Now, without further ado, on to opening day. For opening day, your Tampa Bay Rays will host the Houston Astros with a 4 o'clock opening pitch. The Houston Astros were the AL West champions last year, finishing with a record of 103-59, powered by two all-star pitchers, Justin Verlander, who opens this week against Blake Snell, and our own Charlie Morton, who we signed to a two-year, $30 million deal this offseason. Justin Verlander had a very solid and impressive 2018, finishing as what most felt was the second best pitcher in the American League. Uh, he was 16-9 and over 34 appearances. He did have a shutout, finishing with a 2.52 ERA, which was third in the AL, and 290 strikeouts, which led all of the league. Uh, he was one of only three pitchers to have a whip under 1,000, um, and he edged Snell and Corey Kluber in that category. Justin Verlander is coming off his seventh All-Star appearance, and going into his 15th season is going to be looking for his eighth. He starts out, though, with a tough test. Blake Snell was absolutely fantastic last year, um, leading the league in ERA and ending up as your American League Cy Young winner. Now, before I get into Blake Snell, I do want to take a moment and explain some of the metrics we're going to talk about. Uh, One of the things that I love about Tampa Bay and the Tampa Bay Rays organization is how we look at advanced metrics that are outside of the normal things like batting average and RBIs to get value uh, out of players that we normally would have overlooked. Uh, This has been instrumental to the growth of our organization over the last decade plus and is going to be a big part of understanding the why behind the what and some of the decisions our team makes, whether it's be trades, whether it's how we manage our prospects, whether it's how we uh, pull our pitchers a little bit early and and start using using openers to help preserve that. So uh, we're going to talk for a second about ERA plus. What ERA plus does is it normalizes a pitcher's ERA and it adjusts for the ballpark, it adjusts for the opponents that they play. Um, and puts it on a scale that gives your 100 as average. So say, for example, uh, you're an average pitcher, you have an ERA plus of 100. If your ERA plus is 150, you would be 50% better than the average pitcher. For comparison, the career leader for ERA plus uh, is Mariano Rivera with an ERA plus of 205. So for his career, he was 105% better than the average pitcher. Last year, Blake Snell's ERA plus of 219, or 119% better than the league average pitcher, was the 18th best single season ERA plus of all time. Blake Snell was nasty last year. Right, the 26-year-old lefty is coming off a 21-5 season where he had 31 starts that led to a 1.89 ERA and 11 of Ks per nine. Those are fantastic numbers. He finished in the top six in every single major category and advanced pitching metric that you could think to look at. He was top three in wins above replacement, wins, 
ERA, strikeouts per nine, walks and hits per inning pitched. The dude is just good. And the Rays know it. They rewarded him just a couple days ago. We signed that contract extension. Um, And it really shows the investment that they have into the young players in the team. This, Brandon Lau, investing in Kiermaier, right? Looking at all aspects. And when you look at Kiermaier, that's another great example of somebody who has some very, very appealing aspects of their game. Their, Their defensive skills that are among the best in baseball but can be a liability at the plate. And that's where taking some of these things that are outside of this, that normal slash line we look at, can create a lot of value for our players and create a lot of perspective. Said and done, I'm very, very excited to see what Blake Snell has in store for us this season. Now on to your opening day starting lineup. Batting first, playing right field, is Austin Meadows. Now, this is a player I am very, very excited about. He was Pittsburgh's top prospect coming into 2018. We acquired him in the trade that sent Chris Archer to Pittsburgh. Um, And uh, before he came over, he had started in AAA but got called up in May. Uh, In May, over the course of 13 games, he hit 409 with three doubles and three stolen bases on his way to being named the NL Rookie of the Month for May. Uh, He ended up being optioned to AAA when we got uh, got a hold of him when he got traded to us. I uh, got called up in September where he hit 250 over the course of 10 more games. Um, but overall hit 287 on the season with six home runs and 17 RBIs in 59 games. It is really though his spring play that has earned his spot. For the spring he's hit 294 five doubles already, um, and has really, really looked like a difference maker. Getting on base and and having an OPS of 917 really has looked impressive. Uh, And leading up uh, to our second hitter, who's going to be Tommy Pham, uh, our number two batter playing left field for us. Uh, Again, acquired last year by trade. He started the season with St. Louis in 2018. Um, 2017 was his breakout year, but last year really was a tale of two seasons. Uh, in St. Louis, he struggled. He hit 248 with only an on-base percentage of 331. Uh, he had some power, hit some hit 14 home runs in 98 games, but he really turned it on after coming to Tampa. Uh, he ended up uh, hitting 343 on the season in Tampa with a 448 on-base percentage. That is a fantastic number, um, and uh, seven home runs in only 39 games. We talked about uh, ERA plus and what that is for pitchers. OPS plus is the same for hitters. So 100 would be the average hitter. During his time in Tampa, he had an OPS plus of 194, which is fantastic. And he had six triples in only 39 games in Tampa. And uh, we saw last night, too, how that RBI triple can be a big thing for him. Batting third is uh, G-Man Choi. Uh, the former Angel Yankee Brewer was also uh, acquired by trade last season. Uh, in case you haven't noticed a trend <laughs> of how we tend to acquire players, uh, Brad Miller was who we sent over to get his services. Um, he has a little bit of pop to his bat. Like That's an exciting thing about him. He had a 547-foot home run in Yankee Stadium a couple years back. Um, and overall in 49 games last year, hit 269. He gets on base, though. His 370 on base percentage is, 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 is a good, solid number. And it's, it's something you want to see out of somebody that can hit with power, too, knowing that even if they have to take a walk, they can get there. Uh, he had eight home runs in those 49 games. So uh, it's, it's a reasonable number. 21 of his 43 total hits though uh, were extra base hits so we see uh, doubles and home runs out of him those are those are things we're going to be able to see and and hopefully we'll see a lot of com- uh, competition at first base as as you see different pitchers as we move to the righties and lefties and our lineups adjust accordingly uh, you'll see him platoon a little bit throughout the season 
Batting fifth is designated hitter Brandon Lau. Um, there's been some confusion and some debate, but uh, I'm 99.8% positive I've got that pronunciation nailed. Uh, $24 million on a six-year deal is the extension he signed. We're seeing a lot of this happen around the league uh, as there is some ambiguity around what maybe the labor situation is going to look like in the next couple seasons. Uh, as we've seen kind of what a lot of people view as the middle-class market, the, the veterans that have a lot of people historically viewed as earned their keep uh, and earned their contracts really aren't getting the offers that they expect. So uh, it's it's great that we've locked him up at a very, very team-friendly rate. Uh, he's 23 years old last year and uh, 40 or so for games, 43 games. He hit 233 with six home runs, and really the upside for him is at the plate. Uh, in the minor leagues last season across two levels, he hit 297 with 22 home runs uh, in just 100 games. He does strike out a bit, but he still has the ability to, to get on base. He still walks. He's got a good on-base percentage, um, and the guy can hit. And at second base, when you have the ability to have a difference maker at the plate, his spring batting average was 377. His OPS was an 1109. So he was essentially, every time he came up to the plate, he was basically a rounding first almost, it seemed. He's got a really good feel for the strike zone. The potential seems good. Um, and it seems like it's a great signing for, for the team and might be a very, very good long-term solution at second, which is great. Our current solution at second, though, is pretty solid. Joey Wendell came up and surprised everyone last year. After earning his way onto the team with a really strong spring in 2018, he went on to become a dark horse candidate for Rookie of the Year and finished fourth in voting. He led all rookies in war at 4.3, his batting average of 300, on-base percentage of 350, and six triples also led all AL rookies. Um, and he was second in hits, doubles, and runs. Uh, Altogether, those put together a fantastic season. He was the first race since 2011 to hit 300 on the season, hitting that number on the dot, and is actually the first raised rookie ever uh, to have to have reached that number or surpassed it. So uh, I love him. Um, he to me is just old school baseball player. He's going to play anywhere you want to put him. He'll play second. He'll play third. He'll play outfield. Um, he's going to play it well as well. Um, he's all heart and hustle, and uh, someone I think is going to be around for quite a while in a utility role for us. Batting seventh and starting at center field is my wife's favorite player, Kevin Kiermeyer. The two-time Gold Glove and former Platinum Glove winner uh, injured himself early in the season last season that kept him out until the middle of June. Um, and uh, unfortunately, when he returned, the bat really didn't live up to the defensive side of his abilities. Uh, uh, he ended up hitting 217 on the season, and that was a very, very streaky 217 at best. Um, he had a little bit of power, but he had nine triples, which was fantastic. And the speed that Kevin Kiermeyer brings really shines through defensively and offensively. And uh, I still think he has so much potential on the base pass with as he continues to get better awareness and better coaching. I, I think the sky's the limit with with how aggressive he can be with steals. Um, and really, like we're just hoping for a return to his 2017 form. He hit 276 on the season. He had better power. He had less strikeouts. Um, and those are the things that we kind of look look for, right? Uh, where where when the average drops and where the batting average of the balls in play changes, you know, where are those numbers switching to? Because he still is the premier defender in center field when healthy. Um, he likely would have won the Gold Glove in 2017 if he played enough games. Byron Buxton won uh, with 24 defensive run saves on the season. Kiermaier had 22 in only 98 games. It was like 300 <laughs> innings less, um, and he was basically just as valuable. So um, even if he's batting sub 200, this is a guy that's still going to be impacting our team uh, and doing a whole lot to help us win defensively. Um, and this 
up the outlook is looking good. This spring he's hitting 295. His strikeout rate is down. He's getting on base, and uh, we'll look for more of that to continue this season uh, because he has the opportunity to be a leader in that outfield. Batting eighth is uh, another new addition, catcher Mike Zunino. Uh, a lot of people are really uh, excited and clamoring over this addition because uh, he's rated as one of the best defensive catchers in the game. And and this is uh, whether you look at some of the newer metrics, or you look at some of the old school stuff, uh, it, he shines either way. And it's, But it's really his pitch framing and his ability to, to catch runners stealing second. Um, so that's really awesome. Like That's always been a hallmark. Like Tampa Bay, I felt, has always focused on that defensive side, the, the framing pitches. Do we have the ability to control the runners? But what's exciting about him is his bat. Um, it has been a little bit up and down, but his, the upside is fantastic. Two years ago, he hit 251, was on base at a 331 percentage, which is great from the catcher position, um, and he had 25 home runs. 2018, though, wasn't as solid. He dealt with some injuries, hit 201 on the season, hit 20 home runs, but the power, the potential is still there. So we're hoping for a healthy season, a bounce back uh, to the the 2016 potential or or even to surpass that. Um, And he's already kind of shown it this spring. He's hit four home runs already um, and looking like a really, really good addition to our team from this offseason. And batting ninth, shortstop Willie Adamas. Uh, Willie Adamas is a great example of the plethora of middle infield talent that we currently have. Uh, He was promoted to the Rays last year on May 22nd. His first hit in his first big game uh, was against the Boston Red Sox ace Chris Sale. Took him yard. Uh, What a great way to start that. And uh, even though he'd be up and down throughout the season, clutch hits were a thing for him. He came up with home runs at the right time, giving us a walk-off win. Um, And uh, in the last two months of the season, was very, very effective, hitting 329. Uh, In August, he had a great August as well. Hit 318 with five home runs and 14 RBIs and was named to the MLB's Team of the Month. So as a rookie those are some pretty great things his overall numbers uh, were 278 batting average with a 348 on base percentage again when we see people getting on base at a 350 clip in our nine hole that's fantastic because that means that we're going to have runners on base as we come around with the top of the lineup again Um, and people on base score runs and win games right Uh, and the, the defensive side is great as well. He's, he's got some flash. I love the style. Um, he's very, very quick. He's got good range. He, he can play a little bit loose at times, but um, he's somebody that I'm excited to watch and have some fun uh, with this year. He's also got some power, too, hitting 10 home runs in just 85 games last year, so could be a great all-around shortstop for us this season. And that wraps our opening day preview. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us on 9 Equals 8 for our inaugural podcasting experience i'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to let us talk baseball with you and i'd like to to thank you for being a fan of the tampa bay rays keep an eye out for our next episode which will drop on monday and we'll be recapping this weekend series against houston discussing some of the key player performances uh, and then previewing next week's action thanks and let's go race